Thank you, Pastor Wei. Thank you for those prayers. Good morning, church. Good morning to those of you who are online with us. We all have our habits. I like this place clear, that's why I'm removing stuff. Um, yeah, so good to be here with you all. And um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just, I uh, was just sharing with Pastor Wade how I grew up in a very, uh, a place that's very sheltered from natural disasters, Singapore. You know, there's no nothing. And so, um, but I'm really trying to put myself, you know, in the shoes of people who have experienced natural disasters and and all that. And so, um, yeah, um, it's it's a journey for me as I um, seek the Holy Spirit. Like, how can I pray? So, we can do this together. Anyways, we are uh, working through a bigger table series, and we have learned so far that Jesus is all you need to come to the table. And the table, our table, Jesus' table, is centered on the gospel. Joe also talked about um, how to invite your family members to this wonderful table, how to share this table with them. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, Les and I um, shared about um, what it means to be an authentic community. Last week, Pastor Wade talked about how our desire to do religion well can get in the way of our faith. And today, as Pastor Wade has already prayed, we are going to be looking at Christian maturity. Now, as Christians, you know, we often think about how to grow, right? I mean, I hope so. You know, we talk about growing, we, we talk about maturing, and then we, we, we sometimes describe people that way, like so-and-so is so mature. So-and-so is so spiritual, right? So, but how do you decide that? How do you decide who is spiritual and who is not? Maybe, maybe some of us can think like, oh, you know, if you've been a Christian for that long, you must be spiritually mature. Or that, wow, you know the Bible so well, you must be spiritually mature. Or, wow, you're so nice, you must be spiritually mature. Oh, wow, you do so many big projects for God, you must be spiritually mature. Or maybe, you know, we associate that with roles, right? Like Pastor Wei and I, we are pastors. Maybe in your mind, ah, they must be spiritually mature. Or even leaders of Christian organizations, we just assume that they should be spiritually mature. So today, I would like to kind of take us through um, some of the key concepts of spiritual maturity, actually to give you an overview so we won't have time, right, to dig down, to, to dig into all the small details of each part. Um, but I just want to give you enough um, to get you start thinking, you know, about what it means. What are we um, desiring, you know, in our Christian life? And also what it doesn't mean. And so what we'll do is um, we're going to do what, why, and how. And um, we're going to spend most of the time today on the what. And then I'll briefly touch on the why, and then we'll conclude with practical stuff like how. How do we do it? But I just want to say that if you're a new believer this morning, some things might be unfamiliar to you. Um, do not despair or be dis do not be discouraged. Take what you can, and I'm very happy to chat with you after, after the service. So let us turn to our Bible passages. Today we have two... We have excerpts from chapter 2 and a little bit of chapter 3 of 1 Corinthians and a passage from chapter 4 of Ephesians. 
um, both by the Apostle Paul. Now, we have one, two, three, four slides, and I'm going to propose that we, you read with me the first and the third slide. Can we do that? Okay. So, um, let's read this together. Now, we do speak wisdom among the mature, but not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are perishing. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. And we speak about these things not with words taught by human wisdom, but with those taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual things to spiritual people. The unbeliever does not receive the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolish, foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The one who is spiritual discerns all things, yet he himself is understood by no one. Together? Not speak. Of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you not solid food, but you were not ready. In fact, you are still not ready for you are still influenced by the flesh. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not influenced by the flesh and behaving like unregenerate people. It... And he himself gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, that is, to build up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a mature person attaining to the measure of Christ's full stature. So we are no longer to be children tossed back and forth by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching by the trickery of people who craftily carry out their deceitful schemes. But practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ who is the head. From him, the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body builds itself up in love. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you that we are one body in you. And thank you that we can gather here together um, to hear your precious word. Um, Holy Spirit, have your way here. Have your way in us. Have your way in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Okay, so let's start with what is spiritual maturity. Now, you know the word spiritual that we throw around a lot, or spirituality? So what does that mean to you? You don't have to shout it out. You can just reflect and say, well, what does that mean to me when I think about that word? See, many people also claim to be spiritual, but they are not religious, you know. And spirit, spirituality is not exclusive to the Christian faith, you know. If you Google, um, Google that, you'll find all kinds of spirituality. You have the spirituality of being true to yourself, um, of, of self-enlightenment, even the spirituality of love. But you see, for the Apostle Paul, when he talks about 
Christian maturity, uh, Christian spirituality, he means spirituality that has to do with the Holy Spirit. So, see, it is spirituality with a big S. You see, some of the translations, the Bible translations, they, you know, they use a lower, a small S instead of the big S. And then so spirituality can become very generic. It doesn't really have, you know, doesn't, it can mean hollow. It can be hollow and you can make it mean many different things. But you see, biblical spirituality has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. You know, just now we read um, in 1 Corinthians, Paul says something like the one who is spiritual or the spiritual person in other translations. What does he mean by that? Who is the spiritual person? So the spiritual person, Paul, the way Paul uses spiritual person is if you have the Holy Spirit, if you're endowed with the Holy Spirit, you are the spiritual person. Now, I'm looking at many people in front of me right now who have the Holy Spirit. Um, so from there, you think about it. So what do you think Paul means by spiritual maturity? How would he think about spiritual maturity? Spiritual maturity has to do with the one who has the Holy Spirit, the spiritual person, walking in the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, and bearing fruit from it. I can repeat that. So spiritual maturity has to do with the one who is endowed with the Holy Spirit, walking in the Holy Spirit, and keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, and bearing fruit from it. So what does, what does that mean, this bearing fruit? It means that we reflect God's character. Most of us here are familiar with the fruit of the Spirit, you know, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is a description of some of God's character. It is not an exhaustive list, but, but it, it tells us what, um, what being conformed to Jesus, what being like, getting like God, maturing is like. And so spiritual maturity has more to do with how much we, refre we reflect God's character then how many Bible verses we can recite or how beautiful and long our prayer is or how long we've been a Christian. But it is true that the more we pray, the more familiar we are with Scripture, the longer we've been a believer, the more likely that we have grown in our walking in step with the Holy Spirit. But you and I, we, are, we know that that's not always the case, Right? And also, spiritual maturity is also about ability to discern. So, love. See love there? Right? You know, the world also has a lot to tell us about love. Like, how to love? What is love? What should it look like? How do we know? Um, I mean, and we get bombarded with those messages every day. So, how do we know whether biblical love is that kind of love? How do we know whether something is the fruit of the spirit or the fruit of the wisdom of the world? And 
This is what Paul is getting at in our first Corinthians passage today. So they had a situation. So Paul, Paul received news from some messengers that the church in Corinth was having trouble. So he wrote a letter to them to speak into those issues. He wrote a few letters and 1 Corinthians is one of them. There have been quarrels and divisions in the church. And the root cause of all that has to do with a faulty view of wisdom that has seeped into the church. See, the culture of that time says that you are a wise person. If you can speak a certain way, you know, if you can present yourself, your arguments according to a certain methodology, you know, we, we, there's a term for it. It's called the Greco-Roman rhetoric. And, and so this kind of wisdom, you know, people really wanted, you know, it's highly respected and sought after. You know, it just makes you feel like you've arrived. Um, and he also operated in a very competitive environment. And so the church in Corinth began to subscribe to this kind of wisdom, which also then distorted the idea of spiritual maturity. You see, initially it was like, ah, you know, true wisdom of God is about the crucified Messiah. It is about loving and sacrificing for one another, you know, and, and that's how you mature. But then they swapped that with this wisdom. And this wisdom of the age, as uh, they, they think this is true wisdom. And so what happened? Then we have competition and jealousy and boasting and quarreling and division. Everyone wanted to one-up the other person. And this is happening in a church community. And, you know, even like, you know, the exercise of spiritual gifts and all that. It's like, oh, my gift is better than yours. You know, I am more spiritual. And so, what did Paul say to them? So Paul said, You are spiritual people, meaning you have the Holy Spirit, and yet I could not speak to you as spiritual people because you are not behaving like people who have the Holy Spirit. You think you are spiritually mature, but actually you are still an infant. You could not discern false wisdom from true wisdom, Wisdom that's so contrary to the wisdom of God, you have accepted so uncritically. See, discernment is an important part of spiritual maturity. You know, we, we can also ask ourselves the question, right? Um, what is happening in the surrounding culture? What messages are we receiving all the time? Actually, um, oftentimes it's, un it's subconscious. You know, we just keep receiving those messages, um, whether it is uh, cultural messages or messages that has got to do with um, political systems or social systems or whatever. But you know, how have we absorbed that? Something for us to think about. And moving on, we tend to think of spiritual maturity in terms of me. How much am I growing? How am I exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit? How am I discerning the things of God? But we also need to think in terms of us, we. How are we maturing as a body of Christ? 
is the fruit of the Spirit evident in our community, in the relationships that we have with one another? How are we discerning God's truth together? In the um, Ephesians passage we read just now, Paul talks about maturing as a body, about growing up into Christ collectively as his church. So, so spiritual maturity doesn't only occur on the individual level. We are called to mature as a body. And you know what? The Holy Spirit has given us gifts to help the body grow and mature when each person exercises his or her gift in love. Paul describes some of these gifts in the Ephesian passage we read today and also in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For instance, the gift of healing, gift of faith, gift of wisdom and discernment, gift of prophecy and tongues and so on. And these gifts of the Holy Spirit work in complementary ways to continually reveal God's heart and will. I'm going to uh, share um, an example with you. So. Um, I was just sitting there, I was looking at Erica. Um, and uh, so about, I think about three, three years back, um, there was this one um, weekend on a Saturday, um, I was feeling um, extremely discouraged over something and um, was really feeling like I could not, Oh, tomorrow is Sunday, how am I going to be able to, to, to function? How am I going to be able to bring the word? Um, and so, yeah, and so then I was um, just, you know, um, really in that space. And then um, God gave me a word that spoke into that situation. And then out of nowhere, Erica texted me and gave me this other thing that truly confirmed what was happening for me at that time. So it's an encouraging, extremely affirming, encouraging note. And today at 9.30 this morning, I mean at 9.30 service, um, one of our congregation members said to me, you know, Pastor Brenda, I was feeling so sad and depressed, you know. And, but Erica just gave me a word and I felt seen by God. You know, so I'm not trying to embarrass you here, but I did, I did check with Erica that I could share, but I just wanted to do this to, to, to say that it is very powerful when we work together, you know, and, and, and communicate God's heart to the other person. And, but this is also a, a way of calling out what you see. If the, you know, like, because um, it's not the first time that I've experienced this from Erica, and, um, and it's a very beautiful thing. And so the Holy Spirit has gifted all of you. And it's not just the pastors, the staff, or the leaders, but every one of you. Do you know how God has gifted you? You know, um, if not, explore, discover. If you know already, cultivate. Bring that into the body of Christ. Help others who are um, perhaps on an earlier leg of the journey um, to do the same. Give things a beautiful, a beautiful, beautiful gift from the Holy Spirit. But, but then again, we must not confuse gifting with maturity. As we cultivate, cultivate our gifts, we must also 
remember to cultivate our character. You see, it is very easy to be impressed by the like, you know, big dramatic results brought on by the exercise of certain giftings. And we readily associate that with spiritual maturity. But spiritual maturity is defined by character and not gifting alone. And so, why is spiritual maturity important? Why do we want to grow towards that as Christians? Well, because we do the work of the Messiah in the world. We are the witnesses for Christ in the world. The more we reflect his character, the brighter we shine as light in the darkness. And Paul tells us that through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God should now be disclosed to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. What does this mean? So, N.T. Wright puts it this way. When the church is being the church, united and holy, and who makes us holy? The Holy Spirit. Then the principalities and powers know that Jesus, the Messiah, is Lord, and they are not. But if we are infants being tossed back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching, if we are easily impressed by every new idea that permeates our culture and we accept them uncritically, then maybe we can't even identify what the principalities and powers are. We might even begin to worship them without knowing. Things like materialism, nationalism, individualism, Consumerism. Finally, getting to the how, some of you might be just waiting for the how. I was joking with the first service that uh, we have different personality types, and, and um, Eugene and I often have conversations on this, that some personality types don't really want to, don't care much for the what or the why or the rationale. Just tell me how. Just tell me what to do. And we have others who won't do until you tell them why. But in any case, here we are at the how. So if you have been sitting through this and waiting for the 10 steps to success in spiritual maturity, um, I might have to disappoint you there because, you see, it's not so much about human striving or our willpower that gets us there. It is about making space for the Holy Spirit to work. behind my slides today. Um, so Gordon Fee says this, that spirituality without the Holy Spirit becomes a feeble human project. So I'm going to give you six suggestions today, but these suggestions have to do with how we can keep in step with the Holy Spirit and then let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy, only the Holy Spirit can do to bring us to maturity. So these six suggestions, some of them are pretty basic and you might think, ah, I know that already. But here's my encouragement to you. If you know that already, then start doing. And if you are doing so much of it already, then maybe start helping others to do. So be committed to a Christian um, community. Be an active part of the Christian community. We at Community Church um, 
we, we, you know, we're at the size where you, you may get lost sometimes, you know, and here's why we encourage you to join a life group. And don't, um, and don't, and don't just join a life group, be an active part of that, you know, be committed to it, because you can't grow alone. There's this popular belief that my faith is between me and God, but actually it's not. It is with the community as well. So I would encourage you, um, yeah, to just to consider joining a group or to consider being um, more invested in your group. Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 3 um, that we encourage one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, which are songs from the Holy Spirit. And then we cultivate a deep prayer life. Spend time with God. Pray. You know, um, don't worry so much about how long am I praying for. You know, it's, more, it's just, just being present. Don't let time be that pressure. You know, it's, it's the quality of that presence with God. And pray with others. You, you'll be amazed at how much we can get encouraged when we pray with others. Some, because God, again, the Holy Spirit can use one person to speak into you, and you can speak to another person. It's a beautiful thing. But maybe that does require that we be vulnerable and authentic with one another. You can also um, find space, stillness, come to one of the contemplative practices gathering that Pastor Wade talked about. And pay attention to your emotional health. You know, healing in this space um, can unlock um, so many of the places where we can feel stuck in our faith journey. We have been through um, uh, emotionally healthy curriculum, was it last year? My time is all mixed up. Yeah, um, and, but we also have a Thrive service, you know, where we um, speak into um, these issues, where you also get a, a safe space to, to just be sitting with those issues as, as you let people, again, community and Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit minister to you. And explore how the Holy Spirit has gifted you. If you don't know what that is, like, what is that? You can come talk to me or Pastor Wei or your life group leader. Um, and, um, you know, here's a suggestion. Um, those of you who are in life groups, uh, maybe you can dedic dedicate one evening to explore this together. You know, um, you have done it like 10 years ago. It's okay, do it again because give things can change because from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, so, so explore that together and maybe discern how your gifting and your gifting and your gifting can help the life group to grow as well. Okay, and then we have this, which is reflect on how your Christian values are shaped. As I said just now, you know, the world, the culture is throwing all kinds of messages at us all the time. Um, whether it's popular media or we just... Pity, popular sayings, even Christian sayings, you know, how much or are we shaped by that? Um, there are some, for example, there are some Christian sayings that we want to kind of dig deeper in. Like, how, the, how much does it align with scripture? Some the, most of the time they align a little, like, it's half truth, but maybe not all, all true. So, one, God will not give you more than you can handle. I know where this is from, and 
there's some truth to that. But the thing is, oftentimes, we have more than what we can handle. And God promises what? That He will be with us. That it's not too much for Him to handle. His grace is sufficient for us. And then we have God helps those who help themselves. What do you think of that? Is that true? But we throw that around so much, right? When we were dead in our transgressions, Christ came for us. And then there's this one more. You're never more safe than when you're in God's will. You know, that's how we want to kind of encourage people to seek God's will, right? But I really don't know about that because Paul got shipwrecked doing God's will. So, you know, and here's another suggestion for you life group people. Um, in between curriculums, you can try to do this. You know, get all your favorite Christian sayings or mantras together and and explore them, discuss them. How do they align with scripture? Practice discernment in community. And last but not least, read scripture. Spiritual maturity by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit inspired scripture. You know, we love to read secondary materials, which is great because they're of great help, but also read scripture itself. And when we read, um, we, we try to go beyond, does it resonate with me? Because if we stop at what resonates with me, then we become, we put ourselves at the center. You see, because, you know, when the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us, when the Holy Spirit wants to shape us, it may not be in a way that resonates with us. So we might actually cease to hear what does, you know, we don't want to hear that. And finally, finally, Keep your eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. Here, um, I just want to say that there's no perfect person, perfect Christian in all of history. No, well, Jesus was a perfect person. But, okay, but there's also no perfect church in all of history. And this is an ongoing journey for us towards maturity. Um, and, you know, when we... When the new heaven and new earth comes, you know, we, that will be a different experience for us. But right now, it honors God that we want to walk deeply in the Spirit. It honors Him that we take seriously what He takes seriously. And so, I would say, um, keep our eyes on Jesus, ultimately. And that's my overview of spiritual maturity. I'm going to invite... Uh, worship team up right now. They're going to play a song that is titled Holy Spirit. And um, I want to encourage you um, to reflect um, just on your, your spiritual journey so far. And um, we'll also um, have, um, well, prayer ministers, if you're here, um, um, do come up. We will pray for you um, if you want prayers. So, um, let us close this by saying, God, thank you so much that you are so full of grace for us, that you have not left us to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. That from the beginning, you have dealt with us with grace and still now with grace, and grace will carry us through the end. So we thank you for your great love for us. Amen.